Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In at number 99, it's M, the film that invented the crime movie. Hmm, invented the crime movie. Well, Mark and I watched that Santa Claus one from, two th- excuse me, 1908 or so, where um, Santa Claus robs his own house. I mean, this movie's about mystery crime. Solved. Is that a crime movie? Yeah, he broke into a house of his former family, which is a crime, I think, even if you're dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> Isn't the act of being Santa Claus a crime? You're breaking into a house. You're lying you're to people. To like a billion houses in a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're devaluing the pre- the parents' contri- contribution of the family. You're basically <laughs> you're messing up the present economy. So what we're saying is Santa Claus is the picture of of scum and villainy and criminality. No, he's a socialist who's out there to upset the uh, the class order. Uh, okay. He dresses in red. Exactly. exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just threw my right into the right into the thing. That that being me, who is Matt, I and I called Mark Mark already. You could say something. I'm still Mark. He's still Mark. It is I, Luke. It's it's films and filth. This is in Kane of podcasting. We're looking at the uh, the film side apparently today. We think, we think we'll talk about it. It's a, well, in a certain sense, this is the filthiest film we've done yet. As I'll say, it's a filthy film for sure. So. <laughs> More smoking than everything else put together. Fritz Lang's M from 1931. Yes. So, Mark, you've seen it before, right? Yes. I've seen it before. Where did I see it before? Did I watch it on a classy VHS in the late 90s or at university? I might have seen this in the theater the first time. I saw it in the theater after a fancy restoration, which probably is the same version that all of us watched. Yeah, it seemed to be too long. I mean, not too long as in like, oh, God, I hate this. It's too long. But this cut seems longer than any of the cuts that supposedly exist. That's what you go for, man. You get you get the restoration so you can watch for too long. Luke, Where did you guys watch? Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. Oh, uh, I watched oh, yeah. It on... I should have thought about that. Oh, well. Plex, <laughs> I think. Plex. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Thanks, but Plex. Yeah, I watched this in my, you know, like right around age 20 film dork phase where I watched a lot of movies that I didn't quite want to, but felt I needed to like, mm. what is it? Like the, like the French new wave films and stuff. Uh, this, this technically, this is a weird disconnect. I have about this film. You, if you watch the film just as a film, it's quite, it's somewhat dry. I mean, Peter Laurie's great. Of course it's somewhat dry, but if you actually start looking at the shots themselves, you know, all the German expressionism tricks were learned in the twenties and, with reflections and weird camera setups, it's like there's kind of another film you could pay attention to in here. Oh That's yeah, n- like there's a lot of moving cameras and like this film is credited for inventing a lot of that stuff, right? Like the up the yeah. pant leg shot. Yeah, the mm-hmm. yeah the up the cops pant leg shot. Um, no, this is <laughs> no, this is such a forward thinking. I, I watched it when I was in my thirties. So I was like, this is such a forward thinking film for that era, sort of like Citizen Kane, where you. I saw some reference that it was like this is Fritz Long's first talkie, his first film with mm. sound. 
And he's already doing things that people were absolutely not doing at the time where it's like conversational, kind of conversational dialogue and there's spaces. Whereas like most people making films like this at the time, were just sort of having everybody talk on top of each other. And I, guess- uh, I think that ages it really well. What kind of doesn't age well is that the murderer gets a big old dialogue about how he, he's a poor, poor murderer. <laughs> Like that didn't age super well. Well, I mean, think I about it. I think that makes it's, case. It's it's a great scene to watch, but hmm. maybe I'm too immersed in true true crime bullshit at this point. But that just seems unrealistic for a serial killer to do. Like he would just go evangelical Christian before he did any of that stuff. I don't know. Literally backed into a corner by the mob, you might you know give it a maybe. shot. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's not it's not super accurate, but it is still how films do that stuff to this day it's true and it's also very entertaining and and uh one of the most memorable things about the film i didn't remember a lot of the other stuff i remember peter laurie screaming in the basement (laughs) um before we get too deep mark i think you're up for summary you're summarizing wait what i thought i was summarizing north by northwest oh maybe you are maybe yeah i think you said i was summarizing this one okay i don't i see that's the problem of having a group facebook feed (laughs) i just feel like i'm sending messages to the same person i just want to make you crap yourself a little bit that's all Uh, why (laughs) i'm gonna start screaming like peter laurie if you try to make me summarize this (laughs) okay turn the dial to luke in 1930s berlin a child murderer is keeping the city in a grip of fear The police are at a loss and resort to raiding criminal underworld hideouts night after night. So the underworld decide to take it into their own hands and employ a spy network of hobos to find the killer. They track him down just as the police begin to close in and bring him to street justice, where he's saved just in time to be dragged to the courts. But the courts really any different than a mob? Hmm. Someone should think about that, like on a podcast or something. (laughs) <laughs> that's maybe another forward thinking thing about this film is i feel like the there's an ambiguous morality even though it's literally about a guy, a guy being judged the entire time well i guess we're, yeah. uh, obviously we're going to be having some uh weimar germany and nazi talk before too long but i guess we mm-hmm. should talk about this is one where instead of just actor i guess you talk about peter laurie and fritz long right you don't i mean it's do we care about anyone else other than they're fine What's interesting about the first half of this film is that there really isn't a main character. It's about like the whole city, like you would see in like a like a Roman of the Demeric disaster or something, right? It's got a big cast of characters and how they're all reacting in different ways. And then if it has a main character, it's Peter Law, and he is barely on screen for the first hour of the film. Yeah, I was surprised how little screen time he had here. So obviously he owns it when he does have it, but. Mm. It's um, it sort of reminds me of Spike Lee. I mean, I can't. I'm saying it's going to remind me of things that are later because I've barely seen anything older than this. But you know, it's like the whole um thing where you have the ensemble cast to make the world feel real. There's like lots of world building here, and that works so much better than just like following the anguished detective as he tries to figure out the clues. Like it's much more fun to just watch how all the little clockwork gears go in the city. What's yeah, yeah, watching the vigilanteism, but because that's what it is. It's this guy versus the city. It's said mm. a, a number of times. It's like he's this Berlin. Uh, I assumed it was Berlin. I can actually check. Yeah, I'm not sure if it says it might just I don't, leave I don't it. I don't think they say, I think it was it could be any German city, maybe even an Austrian one. 
Where is Swiss someone? One? Said, someone at one point says four point five million people. So I thought probably it was Berlin, but I have no idea. That sounds like a reasonable um, guess. Um, my question is: Is Peter Lorre um, cinema's perfect piece of shit in this movie? <laughs> and I, and yeah. I I came to think about a little more the the other contenders that I thought to put him up against would be uh, the villains from RoboCop. Choose one. <laughs> What's um, interesting okay. is his face in this defined what the piece of shit would look like for a hundred years. Like you look at him and like, oh yeah, that's the face of a child murderer from a movie. <laughs> but it's like, is that just because this is what invented what child murderers from movies look like? It's funny because I hadn't really seen him as a murderer, but apparently he's been a murderer in a lot of movies. But I'd only seen him in like a Maltese Falcon and stuff like that, where he's not not a child murderer. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. It was interesting to put that together when I first saw this. Like, yeah, yeah, he is a murderer. I mean, he looks like a murderer. Well, this is what we've um, noticed with some of the scumbags uh, looking at Twilight Zone episodes in the, in the Twilight Zone podcast is that um, he was a comedic, comedic actor up to this point, And usually it's the mm. comedic actors that make the most disturbing mm. villains. And, and then he got typecast as a villain for the next 10 years before, you know, Maltese Falcon and stuff let him be a little more, you know, jovial. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, mean, I feel like I knew him mostly from being parodied on Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Somebody would show up looking like him, or he would show up as a version of himself. I mean, he would not him, but you know, voiced yeah, yeah, by yeah. Mel Blanc, a drawing of him. And we're gonna see him a few more times in this podcast. I'm not sure if we're gonna see any more Fritz Long though. This I think this might be the only Fritz Long on the list. Um, hmm. Metropolis just fell off the list. But uh, uh, disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's base basically, I think this and Metropolis are thought about on an even keel, but this one made just nudged a bit higher. Well, we already did Metropolis in our previous life as a sci fi podcast. Exactly. So. We also also did Metropolis. I wasn't like, you know, crying too many tears about that. Yeah. I personally like this better than Metropolis. I think Metropolis is more of like more of a miracle of like that movie shouldn't exist, but I enjoy watching this film more. I think I'm too much of a sci-fi head to agree with you there, but like I mean, this is also kind of from. a this is not a feel-good film at all. No. This is a dark, Ooh. this is doom, this is you know, anguish. No, there's no resolution. It's my kind of shit, basically. By the way, <laughs> I, I have to yeah, pull uh weight on Metropolis for all the model work and arch designs and stuff, which it does filter down into this movie and it's used masterfully. It's just like not bashing you in the face like metropolis does mm. yeah i understand i i totally understand completely but this is definitely metropolis a tauter a tauter film right like it doesn't have like yeah. wasted fat so much i mean long it's silences. really different oh, it's like a... uh i'm trying to think of what a good analog would be like maybe when there are probably people who like the hateful eight better than other tarantino movies or maybe jackie mm. brown mm. I like Jackie Brown best, actually. So <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, I was wondering what cut you guys were watching because I got like the long silences and basically the whistling is the only music and and no sound mm -hmm. effects in the silences, which I think yeah. was. I, so I think I was watching the restored one. Um, Mine was, was pretty only... close to that. Yeah, like an hour and forty seven minutes. I think was my runtime. Okay, it yeah, one forty nine. I think so. It was close yeah, maybe to that. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think mine said 151. I have no clue why. So, well, there's a bunch of text at the end saying about listing stuff about all the different cuts. 
Oh, okay. That might have because uh, you know once the movie is ending, I was like, this probably doesn't have a post credit scene. <laughs> I need to wait for. <laughs> yeah, anything from this period is like the end. Metro Goldwyn Mayer. It's like there's a cut of like Peter Lorre in like prison, and then you hear like stomping, and then it's like, why don't you join my kingdom? And Doctor Doom's like right outside <laughs> the bars. <laughs> I'm putting together a, a team, and it's like. Charles Foster Kane. I don't know what's what's from this period. I don't know. King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. <laughs> King Kong. Charles Foster Kane. Peter together, Does this guy? Does this guy act? Okay, maybe it should have been Ming the Merciless and not Doctor I mean, Doom. Then. <laughs> I mean, the real answer is it's Dracula. Dracula shows up. He's like, I'm putting together a team of monsters. <laughs> I, mean, know, I feel like, like I feel like he he's would not fit the leader. right. He He'd would fit, fit right, right into the Universal Monsters if the Universal the Monsters would allow a child killer. He'd <laughs> like, be the Batman. Just... Batman's not the leader, except when he is. But was Batman even invented in 1931? No, that's when no, he's Dracula about to be invented in a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By um, Bill Finger. Oh, yeah. He sure fingered that. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting way off the rails. Um, I, I would just give him yeah. a to Bill Finger. I think he fits... Maybe done. <laughs> what? I, th I think no, finger, just... is finger the one you're meant to give props to. Yeah, Kane's you're supposed the one to give props. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kane's the bad yeah. guy. That's right. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that in my brain I've completely erased Bob Kane and just have Bill Finger. So that's why Bill Finger. Yeah, stop that. Stop that finger erasure. Anyway, you got fingered. <laughs> anyway, I think he fits incredibly well with Universal Monsters. If Universal Monsters just had like a guy who couldn't help but murder children, who Frankenstein just throws a kid in a lake. That's true. Mm, that makes him a child murderer. I mean, he was a, supposed to be a murderer beforehand too, right? So, or something. Did, didn't they like cut that so it didn't seem like that it was actually a murder? I think it's think later. there are some there are some very tamed down versions of available. Yeah, I might be mixing it up with a uh, young Frankenstein too, as one is one to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to. You're supposed to mix those two up. That's the whole point. Yes, of that movie. Are, are both of those on the list for us to do? Um, they should be. Yeah, I don't know. Probably are not. They probably aren't. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> so I, yeah, I guess we talk director a little bit. This, this is this is Fritz Lang's pivot point, right? Mm-hmm. Because after this, um, they're I like, think he has one more German film after this, and the German film he does after this explicitly has Nazis as the bad guy, and then he leaves. Okay, nice. Right? Because this one, the studio turned him down originally, and he's he's like, why? He's like, because you're I'm a member of the Nazi party, and you're making a film that doesn't like the Nazis. And then yeah, he this is the thing. Goes, oh, that's the mob. That's not the Nazis. That's a completely different thing. Whereas you this is I the thing. Uh, from what I read, they only turned him down because the movie was called Murderer Among Us. The Nazis mm. just assumed that Murderer Among Us was about them. Why? <laughs> why would they it, assume such? They're a one thing? of those. Is really funny. I mean, look at what's going on right now. There's a lot of people who are sort of like, yeah, whatever, kill kids in school. That's fine. Well, <laughs> there's not really. The thing I took away from this is it's clearly like the theme of the film is paranoia. Like the first half is the city's paranoia caused by him, and the second half is about his paranoia as he's being hunted. And paranoia is like one of the key ingredients in letting fascism grow. So if it might, it's not explicitly about members of the Nazi party. It's about the world which allowed the Nazis to come to power. 
and therefore it feels very relevant watching it now where like the the rise of just this ridiculously paranoid form of conspiratorism is you know is the pipeline for getting people into fascism i mean you get hobos to put on a brown shirt for you and kick some ass which apparently Fritz Lang did for this movie, as I messaged you guys beforehand, that he <laughs> he apparently hired a bunch of actual ex-cons to play like the hobos and stuff. And um, 25 members of the cast were arrested during filming. <laughs> you hire I mean, a bunch of criminals. I guess that's what happens. World building, Legend. man. <laughs> world building. You put the real criminals in there and you got it. And and Mark, you got a different piece of fun trivia, I think. Oh, uh, he sort of Kubrick Peter Lorre by make, throwing him down the stairs twenty five times for that one take. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he looks like a scumbag, so he was just like, <laughs> maybe he's a nice guy, but he just looks like a he, scumbag. He seems like the kind of guy who absolutely would work hard enough. They'd be like, yeah, throw me down the stairs twenty five times. Like he goes for it. This is this is absolutely Peter Lorre, like cementing his greatness mm-hmm. yeah. But. I, yeah he he after the 20th time it was peter laurie was like no nah, we could do one more that wasn't quite it <laughs> <laughs> i haven't bruised every shin I, yet i think the whole point of that technique is that he stops remembering what who he is and why he's falling down the stairs and then he goes <laughs> from the gut that's what kubrick always did it was like say the lines until you don't know what they mean anymore and then do it a hundred more times <laughs> right how many well, Kubrick films are we doing? Like eight? Yeah, probably. Like that. And a few yeah. that were just like right off the list, but yeah. <laughs> right. So if, 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 we, if we're not doing it, we almost did it. And who knows when we will in the future, but there is a fair amount of Kubrick in, in, in this future. All right. But it's long time for now. Stop long time. But yeah. Long I just, time. Me love you long time. Uh, yeah. I guess Speak. he was kind of, he, he's on the other end of the paranoia just as his life, you know? Because he's jewish and the the tide is definitely rising against him his wife stays in germany right she's kind of worn down with the nazis if i remember i, I need to verify that so i only know what this that information so. okay i, I don't I, have that information Sorry. i'm gonna i'm gonna double check that so i don't besmirch a nice old lady's name oh and it must use horrible in which uh yeah. Which case, let's besmirch the fuck out of her, but let's check we're doing it properly first. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to make sure we do this uh, properly so someone else uh, throw out a nice thought. Or a Her name was Lily Latte, which is, that's fun. I bet Ooh. she loved coffee. She died in 1984 in Ooh. Los Angeles, so eventually she left. Lily Latte. Oh. Wait, no, that, that, that was his wife in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the- shit. Okay, My hold bad. on. Let's let's. Like, Thea von Habu was his wife from twenty two okay. to thirty three, and the Damn, fact really that they divorced wanted... in thirty three implies that she did stay in Germany. Gotcha. I thought that I thought it was just a fun German name that looked like the word latte, but I guess it was the word latte. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so shortly after Harbo married Lang, he developed a habit of openly pursuing younger women, uh, <laughs> and then once he caught. Lang in bed this. with Aya, then uh, an Indian journalist, 17 years younger than her. They got a divorce. She stayed in Germany and then directed movies for yeah. the Nazi party. Well, Wikipedia <laughs> lists it differently. She divorced her husband in 1932 because political changes in Germany made her support the National Socialist German Workers' Party. However, okay. it became a relationship only for her work. She remained in Germany after Lang's defection to the United States where she continued to publish novels favored by the Nazis. Mm. 
So I'm going to say she deserved to get cheated her. on. Yeah, okay. she deserves some besmirching. Okay, so I, I, I don't. I feel like maybe I was about to drag her name deeper in the mud than I should have, but you can like take it for a, a loop or two. In the you can, mud. you can basically do whatever you want. The name of a Nazi, name <laughs> yeah, of a Nazi, name of a name of a Nazi. <laughs> well, that is a, if, if like print it out on a bit of paper and stick it up your butt. Who cares? I don't know if you're creating. Um, can you can you create art for a horrible, evil government and and then if you're just making the art on its own, can you separate the two? I guess it's if you join the party or kind of like buying the line. Is it art then? I mean, it's propaganda art. Was Werner von Braun cool guess, on 50s television? I guess we could we could ask ourselves, is propaganda art, is everything that is of a specific ideology propaganda? Which mm. I'm, I'm, I lean towards yes, but I don't know if we can really say that. It, it could be art and it can be good art, but you're still a cunt. <laughs> I mean that's 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 definitely the triumph of the will party line. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, but like the... also you can you can be like hired to create that kind of art and then like subtly get some digs in, right? Mm. Um my girlfriend was telling me about the Mexican national anthem, which is super militaristic, and the guy didn't want to write it and they basically locked him in a room until he wrote it. And then it made me wonder, like, oh, is the reason it's so militaristic because he was basically satirizing them <laughs> that's great I, apparently that's how the rolling stones manager got mick and keith to start writing songs too <laughs> well there's i mean almost the opposite where like fireworks shows in the u.s like luke you probably don't know this but fireworks shows in the u.s tend to always play born in the usa which is like an anti it's like basically an anti-immigration of what pro-immigration anti-racist song i don't know anything about i don't know right, right, right. it's not what people kind of peg mm. it as and, and this land is your land is completely misinterpreted which that's a completely sarcastic song it's basically like yeah it's your land take it but that's it's like entirely satirical because we took all of it from the native americans yeah Sorry, it's um. I, I was just playing the song in my my head player, and uh, it, it's it's Vietnam vets getting shafted when they come back to the states. Okay, that makes sense. Just to you know, when someone's like, "That's not so, what the song's about. That's not my America. That's not my USA." Yeah, but it's not. It's not like a dumb patriotic song, which is usually yeah. how it's used. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of examples of things like that, right? Which were written as written as kind of a satirical irony and then people just take it because our world is impossible to satirize woody guthrie's this land is your land does that for sure that's literally the example mark just gave so thanks right. for having that oh i was i was, I was <laughs> classic okay. matt behavior that this yeah is that my this trivia is there. your trivia this, this trivia, trivia is made trivia. for you not me yeah <laughs> i was just thinking about how much i hated that song as a kid not but not knowing i just thought it was cheese ball right so mm. But that's oh. kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, that's... but I guess like characters like Judge Dredd and the Punisher, right? Oh, or even yeah. Robocop, where they're meant to like be a, a ridiculous, over-the-top parody of violent law enforcement, and now you've got cops with Punisher badges on their cars and stuff. Yeah, it's, I keep um, it's because hard I've to done love so much of the Twilight Zone podcast and my Pokemon one. I keep censoring myself saying and shit by saying and stuff. But I've already dropped the C word and the F word on this podcast. <laughs> you can say fuck on this one. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it's, I, that's what I mean. I have done, 
but I keep <laughs> censoring myself on much smaller swear words. I, I, I yeah, I found, excuse me, I found myself occasionally uh, censoring myself on ones where I don't have to, but I, hey, maybe I'm being classy. I don't know. It's okay yeah. to switch it up because then when you say fuck, it means more. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's like a hammer. How about, the, how about the creepy kids song at the beginning? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's very uh, real like kids behavior though right to take something yeah, yeah. scary like that and make yeah. it playful also was it a song german a chant it was just like kind a, of chanting German. yeah they they called it a song but actually I mean, my in, in elm street did that in my note i did write a child's chant in german is hella <laughs> creepy followed yeah. by uh now the kids just sing wap <laughs> which, which I believe is uh, wet, <laughs> so, wet, wet and gushy. <laughs> is it, if, if they were singing that when they were jumping rope, would like a giant wet pussy have come and like swallowed all the kids? Yes. <laughs> you, you have the movie W. Are you are you ready to see that? It's like a giant pussy that's just consuming children. Did Andrew make this? <laughs> you might now. I mean, if he's listening, he can take the idea if he wants. I'm not gonna make that. It's too expensive. Oh, Mark, you'll like this note I wrote. Fuck shul, fuck shul, fuck my shul. <laughs> I didn't. I saw that. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, but well, yeah, yeah. I'll never go to shul again. No more shul. Okay. No one. So I'm gonna address something. Again. Sorry, I'm gonna address something that I know I said in some other podcast where I said the M didn't stand for murder because in my brain this was a movie about a child molester, which makes me feel like shit like a hundred percent piece of human piece of garbage but that's like the same it's interesting that it's the same thing that a lot of people remembered freddy krueger as being a child molester but then wes craven would come out and be like no freddy krueger would never molest children he would only kill them you know it's like i always assume that in any kind of crime or horror fiction if they have a child murderer it's it's code for child molester yeah, then that's it's like they don't want to depict that, right? What's well, like that's... it wouldn't add anything to the film because it's not like they're gonna like yeah. it wouldn't really add anything to the film except for to make Peter Laurie like more dislikable, which he's already completely dislikable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long very much understood that if I don't show it, you're gonna fill in the blanks, and that's gonna be worse than anything I could show you, which is brilliant. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. You know, Even yeah, if we it, showed something now, it's like I can't think of anything where a kid gets killed on in a movie that was like worse than imagination. Except maybe I don't know. Some of the educational films we used to watch for Matt's or hygiene. <laughs> yeah, kids just dying in horrible ways. They <laughs> they freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, but it's it's the whole thing of you know show or tell no imply don't show that steven spielberg just kind of stumbled into and in jaws yeah. you know but he could have learned his lesson from fritz 40 years well I, what was particularly interesting is the ways that he implies it without showing it are exactly the ways that have been used for the, the subsequent hundred years right you show the ball rolling away you show a balloon floating off you know yeah yeah i mean i this is one where probably should have watched it twice for the visual language like that's when i was saying that at the beginning i was like having regret because i'm like oh i did just watch the story and the acting but there's so much to the visual language of the movie that Mm. you know probably does require another view in this one like when i started looking at stills and stuff i'm like oh god that shot's so great but you know you're following the story and you're not necessarily dialing in that shot so great when you're watching it um the first time or after a long time 
Yeah, there is still shots. I definitely shots. was noticing it looked great, but I couldn't like pick you out many particular shots. The very first time he approaches the girl and you see his shadow, that was done well. But to be fair, Nosferatu came before this. So. Mm. Yeah, I remember all the really cool looking mechanical things in the store displays. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, which I don't know if that was common things. or if it was just like he just added those things because this would look really cool. Well, again, Metropolis has those shots. It's just like the moving parts of the city, but now it's like this kind of reflective <laughs> overlay, you know? Mm. As yeah, opposed to also, pistons being jammed in your face. So shots that I specifically remember are like towards the end where everyone is doing the court and then you, you're you only looking at like the, the court people and they all start putting their hands up and you don't see the police, but it's like you mm. you know the police are there because everyone slowly puts their hands up. And like that was, I was like, that's so brilliant. I did, I wouldn't expect to see that now. Mm. Maybe here, here's the thing for me. So when films went to sound, they got visually way less interesting for a few years because you now you have to put like the microphone into a potted plant or something and have the actors just stand near it and you can't, can't move your camera, that sort of thing. So yeah. 1929, 1930 and, and 1931 too. I mean, films look pretty blah for the most part. Um, and this one, it's not a critique against the film because it's in that, you know, in that setting. But we start off with like 10 minutes in tenements, right? Which mm. just can't look good. Even if right. it's shot well, it's a little like he is starting to move the camera with sound. That's, you know, that's why he has the silent parts, really, you know, mm. but I don't know. And that sort of thing. But, you know, the first 10 minutes in particular looks so like just drab and scummy, you know, from I do like the way he shoots tenement. just the empty staircase to show that she hasn't come home. Oh, oh, that's great. There, yeah. Even in that scene, there are some good shots. And yeah. even the very opening where it starts on the kids and then pans up to the the mother up above. I think I'm basically saying like tonally he's breaking out of it, but mm. it's the fact that it's in this tenement where nothing is glam, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Am, well, I, I mean, am I right calling this a tenement? It's it's it seems or is it just old? I don't know. That's <laughs> a very American just... phrase. I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, that's sort of more like a housing project, I guess, like a kind of rundown apartment rundown building. Part of town. It's like large enough apartment building that it's kind of dangerous. Because you know, there, there there's no way to feel safe in like an eight story building that has no type of security or elevator or anything. <clears throat> I suppose um, we don't really have those here that much, but and um, I guess I'm just um you know layering in the economic um turmoil of Germany at least uh, if yeah. not at this time very recently, right? So I don't know. Well, I'm not quite very sure soon after as well, yeah. This feels like such a like film of the people. It's not for like this is not a film about like people with means, which mm. makes it scarier because it's like, yeah, he really who does give a shit about like people do give a shit about kids being murdered in this film. But yeah, but not... whenever we hear the people in power, what they're saying is it's hurting our reputation. We're mm -hmm. looking. It's never like we've got to catch this guy because he's killing kids. Yeah, or the people in power are just pointing at each other and be like, you did it. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there's no, there isn't a whole lot of. Uh... Well, then we get the mob just being like, okay, now we have to get this guy because he's crimping our style, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, which um, that, again is what well, you just said, but I'm saying it's like different words at, at this time at least. <laughs> I mean, from what I read, apparently Fritz Long kind of had a certain type of respect for the mafia, the German mafia. Yeah, he, and he also wanted to make a film about them before someone else did. 
Yeah. Like that was part of motivation here. I is it I guess I maybe Luke, you know a little more on this. The Nazis were basically getting like pe- down a lot of down and out people. How different were they from the Mahab at the time? Because I was uh, basically saying this isn't this evolves into brown shirts in about two months at the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- I think they were basically hiring the mob to do that kind of stuff, the going and intimidating voters and stuff like that. Um, I know I'm more familiar with like in Japanese history, like modern history, the Yakuza are very involved in helping right wing people win elections and um, like shutting down student protests and stuff like that. So I think this kind of party being hand in hand with the mob is not unheard of. I mean, I guess that's like the extended definition of fascism, you know, tying everything together, corporations, organized crime to be more powerful. That isn't that. Yeah. the party line. Yeah, but then you, accru- you accuse um, Hillary criminal. Hillary, Hillary criminal. <laughs> Kill- <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Hillary criminal. <laughs> you, you, like, they're always accusing them of being in bed with criminals, right? And it's obvious projection. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's upsetting to me how I could see this happening to someone who, I can see the exact things happening in this film happening to someone where all of the crimes are completely fictional. Uh, that was something I wondered, like, that's the extra step this film might take if you made it more recently, mm-hmm. is we don't really know for sure this guy did it. I mean, we kind of do as the audience. We see some scenes of him doing it. But the, their evidence is pretty flimsy. Yeah. Yeah, because a blind guy s- smelled him. Well, yeah, the blind guy, like he did, the blind guy knew he bought a balloon from him on the day of the murder. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he sold more than one balloon that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to someone with a kid. I mean, yeah, yeah that's the large part of his. Like we that, do that see is... earlier in the film, like a guy gives a kid directions home or whatever, and he gets accosted by a mob. Like we see it happen to an innocent guy in the film. It's it's interesting that that's kind of flipped twice for I'm going to spoil the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which is, in my opinion, a piece of shit. And nobody should ever watch it. Um, Controversial opinion there. <laughs> what they do is um, well, what they do is um, they do the Ringu thing where they're like, oh, everyone uh, killed Freddy because they thought he was a child molester. And and the uh, the kids are like, actually, he wasn't. So we need to free his spirit because he wasn't a child molester. And then it turns out that yes, he was a child molester, child murderer. No, no, in the remake he was. Oh, in the remake he's a mol- okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it West sucks. Craven hated it. No, I, 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 I did like that twist in the ring it? where like they free her soul and it's no. like, oh no, she just kills people for fun. No, in the ring it was incredible, and then when it got copied twenty times, then it that kind of even when even as far back as like Dark Water, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, a decent movie, but like, don't copy the don't don't find a thing that's revolutionary and then just copy it. Filmmakers, filmmakers, stop copying everything revolutionary. Challenge. <laughs> do, On TikTok, do it. <laughs> do I find whistling annoying because of this movie, or is what? whistling just annoying? No, whistling's cool. You're just a grouch. I, okay, I'm just grouchy. You hate you hate hey. whistling because people who haven't learned an instrument can make music. Oh, <laughs> it makes you feel small. The elitist. <laughs> oh, I kind of owning me with that people's whistle. instrument. 
I, I like the whistling in this movie. I don't always like whistling, but I like this whistling. I mean, I, I can't do it. The Mountain I King that rules. I try. Oh, do you do hate it, it because of the it. 2010s Muppets? No, that's fantastic. That, that, <laughs> that, that's a case for me liking whistling. Walter, I, the, my favorite the suited Muppet. Yeah. My favorite thing is hearing someone try to whistle, but be completely unable to. So they're like, <sighs> oh, we, it's also, it's, we get a lot of that. Yeah, it's really rare in Japan as well. I think a lot of Japanese people can't whistle, and especially kids. So, Interesting. okay, my daughter and nephew can both whistle, and they like to do it a lot. Nice. <laughs> oh. One I, thing I, I saw is a lot of people saying, "Oh, this film introduced the idea of the late motif for a character," but does it count because he's actually like within the within the film? He's whistling. Didn't Wagner is... invent that? Is this Dogma 95? That's why I added within films. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Is this a Dogma 95 film? Does this uh, count? I, I you've, watched more, this. Uh, you've watched more of Ontarians than me, dude. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole thing is it has to have natural lighting and no soundtrack other than like natural. Like mm. all the sound has to come from the microphones and all the lighting has to come from the uh, ambient lighting. Maybe. Yeah, I, well, um, I, I feel again with that with the visual language, Darwin '95 looks like it was filmed on, you know, fruit by the foot, right? So this looks. <laughs> it depends. <good. laughs> there is Dogma '95 stuff. I mean, because it all comes from ambient stuff, it could be good or it could be bad, and it. I I've always thought it was a pretty stupid, <laughs> stupid thought, but I mean, um, it's it's fun to play around I get, with. I get like, what you're saying. Rules. It's more like in that No Country for Old Men sort of thing where it is quite well yeah. made, but just, no, I, you know. The I sound love No world. Country for Old Men. That's like one of my favorite movies the last 20 years. But that takes, they're sort of doing their own thing there. I But again, no soundtrack, except for the time the mariachi band is playing when Josh Brolin wakes up from being unconscious. One more fun fact. The whistling we hear in this film is um, Fritz Lang. Oh, oh. awesome. I guess he's a professional whistler then. Well, no, it's um, Peter Law can't whistle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And now he's like the universe's most famous whistler, except yep. for maybe Whist is, is Whistler's mother his mother? Or Fritz Long's mother then? Wait, what? The painting. Matt's just being Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's, he's a murderer. Anyway, so... M stands for Mor Mordred? Mordred? Mordra? Mordred? M stands for May! Get this guy. <laughs> for May? May? It's going to be May. Oh, mate. Okay, oh. that makes more sense. I thought you were just like, like artificially jamming the M in there. <laughs> M stands for My Child is Missing. Yeah, I guess that could it's work. two M's, I guess. It would be Minen. Minen. Minen Child is Missing. Uh, missing. Minen. Kinder, Mordor, Mordor, Mordor. Mine and mine and Kinder bist in Mordor. What do you guys think about the the and the whole device of the guy, just like putting an M on on him? I kind of love that. That's pretty that's, cool. Yeah, that's what the Japanese uh police do. Really? Cars. Yeah. Um. I don't. Why is it? I just know they'll mark. Like for maybe parking and make sure no one's been there too. I guess American police probably do this too. Chalk the um they put tire. an M on your car to know so you know you're like a parking murderer. No, they like chalk the tire a little bit. So if they come back in an hour and they see the chalk on the tire, they know the car's been there too long. That's pretty clever. 
in England, they just write down the number plate in their book. I like in the U.S. Method. They'll give you a ticket if you've been there for one minute and paid for an hour. Yep. But in the U.S., they just shoot you in the back of the head as you're getting out of your car, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know because that hasn't happened to me yet. Friend. But I have gotten it. I've gotten a ticket from someone who saw who watched me for audio listeners. Here. It might be relevant to know that the three of us are white. That's why we've not been shot by the police. Good point. Because <laughs> everyone needs to know that I am white without listening to my voice, because my voice doesn't make it obvious at all. <laughs> not even a little. No, not at all. <laughs> is this is this a um rewatchable movie? I mean I mean I'm not yes. gonna rewatch it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. I mean I've I've already suggested oh it's probably worth having at least a second view for the visual language, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> if if it played in the theater or something, I would I would go and see it to see it on a big screen and to really take in the visuals. Mm. Um, but I don't think I'm going to rewatch it on my TV or on my phone. Not going to have a screening of this with your girlfriend. <laughs> no, I haven't forced her to watch Jenna's um, list yet. So, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of the same thing as I haven't really rewatched No Country for All Men or There Will Be Blood, even though it was really fun to watch those in a theater. Mm. Like this is a big like this is a theater experience. Like you want to be sort of trapped in a dark room with it. Yeah, I think I think there will be blood is my biggest like I really want to watch that again, but I kind of don't. But I really do. But maybe I don't. So I, I guess I'm more likely to rewatch this than Ikiru. I was going to compare those two because they do. These movies do feel like they almost could interchange with each other because there's a lot Just of in the, like they're very depressing. They're depressing. <laughs> they're films. slow. Yeah, they're slow, depressing. And there's a bunch of like social things that don't directly relate to me as an American. And uh, there's sort of a lot of slice of life stuff that's interwoven into a story about a guy who you don't see the guy the whole time and in both the, movies. And the both of them start with groups of middle, lower, lower class women going around complaining about something and Ikiru's dirty water. And this one, it's their children mm. are getting murdered. So, um, <laughs> so it's a little more hardcore in one of them, but uh, it, it, both of them do have that, you know, general narrative setup at the start so do you think that like at the end of this movie that m is in prison and then Iker's ghost shows up he's like i'm putting together a team of depressing movies <laughs> <laughs> what do they I'm gonna, do? like canon canonize calling the the characters by the name of the movie because i loved it <laughs> okay let's put together that team then so uh, <laughs> we got peter laurie got um Iker's in there who else is um there will be blood is in there how, how about ally mcgraw from love story she can go in there i guess i haven't seen that it don't it's a terrible movie and it's 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 the worst button pusher ever so uh yeah not a fan i'm gonna like, make uh, you it's like this isn't good but we're still gonna try the hardest we can to make you cry and then you Ryan o'neill's there you could put like five different versions of joaquin phoenix in there you could put him in there from the joker from uh you i was never really you were never really here that what it's called have you seen I, that i haven't but i know what you're talking about it's amazing amazing okay. depressing movie along the lines of all the other things i like i don't um, think i've ever seen a joaquin phoenix film start to finish uh the master no. um God, I'm, I'm trying I'm, I'm recommending stuff like you should see it's the his master. brother in gladiator right Not no him. he's in gladiator okay that's the only one i've seen okay <laughs> that's a good that movie one has sword uh, fights it's rad um 
you're actually gonna was, have to watch the joker for this list this this pains huh? me that the joker is a slightly higher rating than taxi driver which makes me what hurt inside i mean Remember, this it's is the good, though that's the incel list, vote like... coming in <laughs> it's good though the movie is good it's it's sort of derivative and sort of trite but it's good uh well i'll get more into it whenever we do that okay but it's, i it's, i, it's I maintain like you... that it's a decent film how many layers of you can't watch Rick and Morty anymore are we at now? Three? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> <laughs> How about I I don't really need to watch any more Rick and Morty, even though at one point I would have called that my favorite TV show. <laughs> That's yeah, I, I've 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 had the ironclad defense of the whole time Rick and Morty's existed. I've been on the I prefer Bojack Horseman side. <laughs> See, I haven't watched it. Even though yet. I did quite like Rick and Morty, I get to be like I was never the biggest fan. So you I got to walk it back a little. Mark, bit. you're a Bojack well, Horseman the, guy for sure. That's that's. Uh, I haven't. You yeah, will, you will definitely that. dig Bojack Horseman. Yeah, I need to watch it. I'm so bad at. Uh, but but the thing, the good thing about Rick and Morty is that Justin Roiland is a really mediocre voice actor, and he can be replaced by just about anyone, really. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there other people in that show that are problematic or something? Oh, the fans. That's a problematic um, fans. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I think Dan Harmon was kind of problematic for some reason, like okay. maybe apologized or something. But I think he was problematic in like kind of a shit guy to work for way, not like a super bad way. Like this is the thing, like end the show. Like <laughs> it's been on for five years. It's not going to get better than it was the first three years. Just stop. Like the people are mad about Succession ending. Like that's ending with season four right now. End it. Stop making things go on until they become not as good. Like yeah, but end things when they're good. There's a problem there, and it's called capitalism. <laughs> well, I'm uh, sitting here thinking about when how we how we watch or don't watch things because I'm not I don't go into things usually like oh this person's been canceled and uh, I'm not going to watch them. I mean, we have to watch a few spacey mm -hmm. movies for this podcast. But I am sitting here thinking I have not ingested any kind of Harry Potter material for the past four years. And one see, of the things mine. there is it's. <laughs> awesome huh <laughs> it's awesome oh christ your mic die or something he's having mic time mic oh time. anyway i'm gonna go ahead and say that i am lucky that i never really got harry potter all that much like the only time i've seen a full harry potter movie was with you in the theater matt and i fell asleep a couple of times <laughs> no i was i was into it i've read all the books i saw all the movies but yeah, my microphone rolled off my laptop and managed to pull my headphones oh. out on the way down <laughs> oh jesus like okay <laughs> But yeah, I was Sorry. just like, like I I didn't make a conscious decision like this woman's trash. I'm not going to read her stuff or watch her stuff anymore. I just haven't, you know. No, I just. But she uh, with that, it's a book written by one person, mm. so she's just she's everywhere in it, right? Yeah. Whereas like one yeah. actor or one person on a film, it's easier to be like, you know, oh, it's a shame that he's in it, but it doesn't ruin the experience for me. And the other thing with that is like you watch it and. Now that I know what an awful bigot she is, you you start noticing all yeah. the awful, horrible ways Harry Potter's pretty messed up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, like just the thing about the the sorting people into groups thing always rub me wrong a little bit, and now I could be like, see, I, didn't, <laughs> like, I know I'm a Slytherin, but shut up, I don't deserve to be called a Slytherin or put in the back of the class or whatever the, the hell. Because the Slytherins suck, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're snake people. I'm a snake person. It just it, it, it is very interesting that she thinks you can determine everything about a child and who they are from birth. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, like and Destiny, I, Destiny sucks. It's a terrible hack writing device. I'll, I'll go on record. Everything that involves Destiny, unless it's like specifically like subversive, like Darth Vader restoring balance of the Force by throwing the Emperor into a plasma chamber, uh, it generally sucks. I guess the the bad thing for is for daniel radcliffe now because when you think of harry potter you instantly think of his face and he you know he's kind of like made good rebuttals for rowling he's made insanity. swiss army man swiss army man <laughs> to me is better than any harry potter thing i've ever consumed oh yeah weird yeah and I mean, he's weird as now, well so. yeah <laughs> but but my uh see my big one is earthworm jim like the guy who made earthworm jim is like a complete fucking cunt and uh, um it's easier to give up a like 20 year old video game i think than a series of books in a fictional world yeah i'm trying to think but, of what's been my biggest bummer cancellation this I, um luke definitely doesn't know this mark my uh, mark kozilek because i really like the red oh house uh, red and house Sun moon and sun kill yeah, moon yeah. I, I love yeah. the, uh, sun kill moon especially i like them better and he turned out to be just like an amazing piece of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm like, I can't really feel like I can listen to this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like all this shit came out about Bill Murray where it's like, well, nobody wants to talk about that, but it seems that Bill Murray screams at people a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's something. He did his wife. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, that's the oh, thing. It's like, that's not cool. It's the guy. It's if it's, you can't tell who it's going to be, but if it's not the guy you least expect, it, if it's not the guy you most expect, it's probably the guy you least expect. It's usually one of those. Well, that, I was such a huge fan of the films of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Merrimax. I mean, there's a lot of good movies here. I don't know if you're being, I don't know if you're being ironic or not, but you produced a lot of great films. <laughs> no, if there's anything I really want to know who produced a film, that's really the most important thing. It's like, I don't care about the cinematography or anything like that. Who is the... Who, who fronted the cash? Yeah, who is the screaming... <laughs> Like rotund man with a strange shaped penis screaming at people. <laughs> I Are like you ready the... to get egged. <laughs> is it the is it the elephant man where Mel yeah, Brooks Mel showed Brooks it to the producers? It. But he showed it to like the the money man, and they like suggested changes, and he's like, "No, we're showing you this out of courtesy. You have no input." <laughs> yeah, Mel Brooks is a Mel Brooks is a good guy. I mean, he he fought for that shit. He, what else did he do? He produced something else that was like complete. Oh, it's uh, several solar things. babies. Yeah, so solar babies things. on the list. It's a filth list. It's a very uh <laughs> it's I don't think so. It's like have you guys done that in Sci-Fi Sanctuary? No. No. Okay. I, I do remember the VHS box on the the, the pre-blockbuster stores. So it's whatever. I kinda yeah. I think it kind of ruined him and forced him to have to make space balls, which is fine. <laughs> Did um ha- or have any of you gotten in um any of History of the World Part Two yet? No, I forgot that was coming out. I mean, I forgot it was already out. Oh, I watched the whole thing. Uh, Mel Brooks' only contribution I can tell is he's still there as the narrator, right? But my yeah. favorite my favorite bit of the series um, is when it shows the black screen with Jesus Christ, you know, for that segment. And you just hear Mel Brooks narrating. So it's like Jesus Christ white lettering. And you hear him go, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just like start laughing for five minutes after that. <laughs> so you're saying it's good. It's worth a watch. Prioritize it. You know, part one isn't actually as good as you think it is, right? Yes, I've I've done a go back and rewatch Mel Brooks movies and it's play the titles exactly, and the producers and Young Frankenstein are all 
much better than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly as good as part one was and, and okay. exactly as bad as part one was, I think. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's good enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're talking about cancellations, but here's a guy that you just, you know, I guess, uh, you know, run out of town on a rail. Are you killing them if you run out of town? No, you're sending them out of town. They're, they they want to kill this guy. You're talking about Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's oh, about Fred slang. I, I was. Oh, yeah. I was. Well, actually, I was talking <laughs> okay. about. I was talking about the murderer in this movie. You circled back <laughs> okay. to the. Okay. I circled back <laughs> yeah. to the movie. Like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm just saying. While we're talking about canceling Good. people and like, should you should or you know where do you do that? Yeah, this guy just is again the perfect piece of cinematic shit. Uh, well, the character. His name is Hans a, Becker. Did anyone know that besides I? Say, I had to look at IMDb. I know they call him. Hans no, Becker. they call him. I knew his name was Beckett because there's the bit where they go to his house and they mention his name like five times in a minute. Okay. Yeah, that's like I kind of. The only two names I remember are Beckert and Lohman. Yeah, because they kept calling him Fatty Lohman in German over and over. (laughs) That was easy. Uh, Yeah, I I do find it interesting. This film does a little bit start going into like the death penalty, right? Can Mm -hmm. we justify a death penalty? But chooses to do it with like one of the most heinous criminals. But anyone on the fence is like, yeah, we can kill those kind. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, apparently this was very close to the dawn of psychiatry, which makes mm. sense that the timeline. Well, um, so psychiatry was um, like a lot psychology? of that stuff. Psychology and psychiatry was studied pretty intensely in Weimar Germany. Even stuff like they did a lot of research into homosexuality and transsexuality. Just all of that research was destroyed by the Nazis. That's so interesting because it's like, yeah, there were. It was probably like the idea that a murderer is a human being at all was probably like a completely new concept which like, is like all you need to change the society is a good crystal knocked you know well again it's like now we've we've lived through way more serial killers and it's like a lot harder to uh sympathize with the serial killer a hundred years later than it was when this came out probably possibly you yeah know, people were not even though people were not sympathizing with him in the film obviously but mm. Um, I do I mean, like that it just doesn't give you the verdict. Yeah, like the um, the underworld were about were very much about to kill him. Yeah, yeah, and that would but have been satisfying, know. but it was not as it was more interesting the ending we actually got. Actually mm. got. Oh, yeah, he's, the police turn up and save him, but how saved is he? We don't know. Well, probably mob, will die less painfully. At least. The mob still does their like kangaroo court. One thing I thought was weird when everyone was getting pissed at the fake DA for putting up a defense, even though they asked him to do that. That, that, was... that is that is the life of every DA, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but my job is to be here to make sure the police are doing their job. But you're all going to hate me for it because you think I actually am trying to get this guy off. <laughs> and he seemed pretty drunk. And that was, I thought that was a really interesting, like, very late addition to the film where it was like, this is, this is interesting. This could have been a lot less interesting if they just got a guy who was like, well, you're guilty. Nothing I can do for you, pal. I feel like a lesser movie would have done that. Yeah. I guess we should, uh, did, uh, sorry, you guys did all your little, your little research. Uh, but oh, Luke, did you want, did, I guess Luke in particular, uh, you sound like you had several bits of things you wanted to throw out. Did you throw them all out? I think yeah, most of the most of the stuff was about the interesting way this happened right at the dawn of the Nazis taking power. It clearly reflects a mood of the time. They thought it was about them, but it wasn't explicitly. 
Yeah, like if you made this now, Republicans would think it was about them, even if it wasn't. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Hey, these people suck. Are you making fun of me? <laughs> it's an instant reaction. Are you making fun of someone who would drag someone who might may or may not have killed children into a basement and, and murdered them? <laughs> yeah. It is okay. fun when you see someone tweet just something extremely vague. And then, you know, an Elon Musk or whatever will take offense at it. And it's like, well, I never said your name. So what does this tell us? <laughs> um, I think we're about to see a lot of very fascinating meltdowns. Like, for for listeners, uh, Trump was indicted, I think, yesterday or the day before. A month ago in real time, probably. But yes, or more. Who knows? When As of the time of this recording, he was recently indicated. indicated. According to his tweet. By the time you're hearing this podcast, he's got emperor of the world. <laughs> yeah, he probably uh is basically the part kingpin. of his 5D chess plan. Yeah, he'll be in prison sending people to do jobs from inside prison. But there's a man who after that got went back flew to Florida and had a porch party at his private resort. That's how he <laughs> finished the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a different world if you're rich. With with what is her name? Marjorie, whatever, or I Audrey Taylor Green. Yeah, with oh, her yeah. At his table and stuff. Yeah, so that's how. Yeah, that I live ended. in that state. That's super cool. <laughs> I live in that state. Wait, wait, I mean, wait, not in the district, but in the state. Is she? Is she Georgia? What, the state of yeah. constant terror. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Georgia, aka the state of constant terror. What is? Is she Roswell? She's like the northwest quadrant of. Remember that time we went hiking to like that mountain over near Rome? Oh, like that up there. country. Like oh, that okay. area. Crazy. Okay, that's. Kind of Wait, Georgia has an Athens and a Rome. Yes. Yep. <laughs> they weren't that creative. Americans create new city <laughs> names challenge. Oh, you're, you'll love this. Um, there's a there's actually a city very close to Atlanta called Decatur, and there's a town near, like, kind of an hour away called Dacula, and they just took the name of Decatur and the name of Atlanta and put them together because they <laughs> wanted to be like be like those cities. It's a small town. Ooh. Also, we have a bunch of mispronounced. We have a Sauti and a Villa Rica, with a bunch of towns that people <laughs> you're not supposed to. We have a the one Villa of the Rica. biggest streets in one of the biggest streets in town. What's it called, Matt? I like think it's Peachtree thirteen times. No, Ponce de Leon. You call it Ponce de Leon. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. Ponce okay, de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Yeah, okay. Ponce never... de Leon. See, no, I'm so... Ponce de Leon. <laughs> but so we have the that... opposite. Every city in the UK has a Cockburn Street. People will try and be like, oh no, it's pronounced Coburn. But no, it's literally called Cock it's literally called Cockburn because that's where you would go and catch chlamydia back in the day, because that's where all the prostitutes were. I mean, the only real crime the UK did was aluminium, and that's still fun. It sounds more it sounds better than aluminum. So what but do yeah. I hear? still don't understand why it's not the Thames River, but I I no, okay, only no. know it's called no, the Thames River. From because... Latin, probably. <laughs> i just know because i used to watch danger mouse and i would see the logo and my mom explained it's the tim's river mm. see i okay. saw a logo and just was read it as thames for years um, thames <laughs> i mean if there was one here it would be called thames yeah we have a thames? lot of rivers in the uk called the river axe or the river avon and it's oh. just because those were the celtic words for river so the Romans would turn up and say, what's that called? And they would say river. And then the Romans would call it river, river. It's the river, river. 
I saw that on a Japanese sign where it had the kanji and then the English, and I was like, Oh, yeah, well, yeah, even like Zenkoji Temple, right? G is temple, so mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Zen Temple Temple. Okay, temple. let's talk about if it's a film or filth. Uh, I think oh, I, I did actually have one more thing on filth. the film. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. It ends with the little message about like, This won't bring our children back, we should watch our children. And Fritz Lang has said that like one of the reasons he made this film was to encourage mothers to keep better eye on their children. Which to me reads like he came home and he's like, I'm sick of my wife having all these hobbies and not just taking care of my kids. <laughs> I'm gonna make a film about how women should pay attention to the kids and get back in the kitchen. That's why the <laughs> that's why the Indian writer was there. I I honestly read that as like that that was the most confusing part of the film's message to me because like are the children the future of germany that we need to watch out for or is it just straight up like i i don't know that that was i i like the ambiguity but i didn't entirely understand what he was trying to say there except for <laughs> like obviously he wasn't trying to say that if we don't watch the children we should watch the children because if the murderer kills them it's our fault like i don't i don't didn't feel like he was saying that <laughs> i think that's what he was saying it could be what he was saying if they show signs of psychopathy so he can catch it early well, it's like it's theorized that this movie is a lot about him just hating Germany. So maybe he was just like, God, I'm sick of the filth. I'm sick <laughs> of the filth of these streets. If you watch your children or Peter Laurie, you'll take him to, to a basement with a balloon. So are we yeah, locking in that this is a filthy film then? Well, it's literally about a child murderer. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's the film. most uncomfortable of the films we've watched so far. Yeah, yeah, a human yeah. centipede two coming up in a month. Who knows? Maybe it'll be less uncomfortable. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think it will be less uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've only seen the first one, and the first one was honestly less gross than I was expecting it to be. But apparently, the second one ups it a lot. <laughs> okay, don't don't eat dinner while watching that one, folks. Um, I, I, I we should look at a bad review for M. I don't know if uh, anyone. Oh has... yeah, I was meant to look one of those up. Oh, but I forgot. Fuck, I forgot. Uh, you were looking down so much. I thought maybe that's what you were doing. But uh... <laughs> no, a couple of times Mark mentioned films, so I was googling if they were in the um, in the list. Apparently, no country is not. I can't whistle well. I'm no Fritz right, Long. I... God, I only have one. I only have one one star review here. Okay, Go read on. it. Give it, it to us. Let's see if it's good or not. Uh, maybe I'm just spoiled by G2 Skate. Warning, spoilers. Oh, no. Maybe that's what they mean. Uh, I take this movie at face value and come to the conclusion that it's pretty good. That's all. Just pretty good. I have a few reasons for this. First of all, the storyline is not very good. A guy is killing kids. As a result, the police crack down, leading to a loss in money for organized crime. Okay, I can accept that, but well, when bosses... Wait, but when bosses of organized crime turn to the beggars union, beggars what? The plotline is barely developed. Little tension is built. The only disturbing aspect is the introduction. After that little is done to build the character of Peter Lorre as threatening character. He is immediately discovered by a blind balloon salesman. From then on, it's the underworld figuring out what to do with him. The trial scene is supposed to be big and emotional. It's completely laughable in every way. The mock trial... This makes no sense and is completely unbelievable. The intense, with quotes, filming is nothing more than a shot of a ball rolling, which hints the girl was killed. That's the only innovative camera work in the whole film. That does not impress me at all, nor does the character of Peter Lorre. His acting is the redeeming point of the movie. However, his character is not built at all. 
The only development is at the end in the trial scene, which is too late for me to feel any feelings for what he has to say and too little to make up for the lack up until this point. The message of this movie is weak and sketchy. I can, however, appreciate the fact that this movie was made in 1941, meaning it was a pioneer in the subject of schizophrenia. (laughs) Although this movie stands not as a movie with a message, but as a plot-driven mystery thriller, for having such a poor plot, little is accomplished. This film is a poor showing compared to earlier works such as Metropolis. Six out of ten. And yeah, he gave it a one out of ten. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> what I hate about. And no, 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 no. It's what these people do on these user review websites. Is They don't understand the point is it's meant to aggregate everyone's opinion. They take it upon themselves to be like, no, I think the score is wrong, so I'm going to give it a one to bring it down. Well the, well, the point of this podcast is to drive you insane, Luke. So I know, and yeah, it's already starting. I hate these websites. I hate what Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and Metacritic have done to the concept of criticism. What you like, M? Right. Okay. I, I like M. I think this. Uh... It is very good, but I do kind of see what he means in terms of because it it it, it does set the template for what has become such a big genre. And I've watched later films about about organized crime, about serial killers, about investigations, that it does seem very simple. Yeah, and, and the one thing I guess we agree with that user about is we also said the message at the end's a little wonky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, give you know, clocks right twice a day, right? <laughs> Fair enough, but for rating it one star instead of six, yeah, it, that, that rate his review is bad. I give yeah. it another... one star. There is another review which gave it three out of ten and says most disappointing film I've seen to date. And basically the point of their review is that you don't get to see the child murderer get killed. <laughs> <laughs> you get to imagine I'm getting like, killed. There there has to be one that says, I'm disappointed I didn't see the children getting killed. No, they say the, the reason they've got three stars instead of one is because you don't get to see the children getting killed. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Any but final somebody thoughts? Please think of the children. <laughs> final thoughts before I just start spewing off crap. I guess I'll spew off crap today. Spew Do off it. some crap. Okay. This is Films and Filth Assistant Kane of Podcasting. Um, maybe we're Films and Filth Pod on Twitter and Facebook. I, I actually had to start this meeting when I was in the middle of uh, doing that sort of thing. So it's not quite done yet because the first episode just posted. Um, where was I? If you want to support us, Help us out. Get our Zoom rolling on Patreon. It's Podcastio, Podcastius at Patreon, where we also talk about the Twilight Zone at Time Enough Podcast. Luke talks about Pokemon on Luke Loves Pokemon. Uh, Hyrule Field Report is the Zelda one, then? That was a question. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, just making sure, which is about your Zelda games. Here's a caught Disney, about a caught Disney in the game game show. Where people game each other about games. In As we record this, your episode has just gone up. Okay. Oh boy. So, so that was a month ago for the listener, but uh, or weeks ago or something. It was in the past. But uh, yeah, you'll hear Mark and I. Yes. Um, hearing what we know about old fart games. I wrested control of the podcast and made it bad. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go listen to that for sure. Um, <clears throat> Okay, we don't have a sign-off yet. Nobody has a sign-off. To... Filth you later. <laughs>
Well, this was one of the film ones. Film you later. Ooh film la you la. later. I'll Ooh film la. you while you sleep tonight. <laughs> So dashing in the neon air. If I'd caught your sight before, I wouldn't know who where. Oh, guys, walk potato walk. It seemed like a disease. Scream her with the afternoon. Dark Alice, silence, please. Like a disease Scream away the 